This is our devotional commentary for Joshua chapter 5. I'm Pastor Doug Corlew. Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where we daily begin with the reading of God's Word. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children, whom he raised up in their place, that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? Or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. According to Rahab, the inhabitants of Canaan had heard of the Israelites' miraculous crossing of the Red Sea. So imagine their terror when the miracle is reenacted in their own backyard. No wonder they are now totally demoralized. 
with momentum on the side of Israel, we might expect God to march them into battle immediately. But surprisingly, the action slows down in Joshua 5. In fact, it's as if God hits the pause button to say, not so fast. There are more important things to deal with before going to battle. The Israelites don't need more military training because God will deal with their enemy. But before turning his sword toward the wicked Canaanites, God draws it toward the Israelites in verse 2, and then toward Joshua himself in verse 13. Apparently, they are not ready to target Jericho until God targets them. Spiritual preparation is essential if God's people would know his victory. First, there must be a renewal of our commitments, verses 1 through 12. When men are concentrating on warfare, the last thing they want to do is schedule a surgery, especially circumcision. Couldn't this wait until a more convenient time? From a human standpoint, it's utter foolishness. The warriors of Israel will be totally disabled and vulnerable for at least a few days. What if the enemy hears of it? Remember what happened to the men of Shechem in Genesis 34? Yes, it will take faith to obey this command. But God gave circumcision to his people as a sign of his covenant with them, and they had neglected the practice since coming out of Egypt. So now, Israel must be circumcised a second time as a national renewal of spiritual commitment. A similar incident took place in the life of Moses when he was on his way to see Pharaoh. The point is clear. God's people cannot expect his blessing while defying his word. Second, there must be a surrender to our commander. Verses 13 through 15. The chapter ends with this divine encounter that Joshua would never forget. His very own burning bush experience, you might say. While making last-minute battle preparations outside Jericho, he looks up to see someone standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. This guy is ready for a fight. And Joshua is not about to back away. Instead, he moves toward the man asking for identification. Are you for us or for our adversaries? The answer is stunning. No, but I am a commander of the army of the Lord. In other words, this man hasn't come to take sides, but to take charge. Not to lend his support for Joshua's plans, but to direct the campaign. This is the Lord's battle, and his army will not fail. The God of Joshua can be our God today. The key question is, have we fully submitted to his sovereign authority? Let's fall on our faces and worship him. Thanks for listening to the Abide Podcast. For more information about Summit Church of Alta, go to summitefc.com and I'll meet you again next time as we abide living daily in the Word.